serve you with this brokenness. I don't want to serve you with this thing that's being made manifest in my life. I just want to, can you just get rid of it so that I can serve you without feeling guilty, without feeling bad? Lord, I, I could be such a Christian if I didn't have that weakness. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Welcome to episode 12 of Can I Get an Amen? I'm your humble host, Herson Gonzalez. Put on those headphones, turn up them speakers, raise the volume on that phone. This music makes me think of summer. Lemonade and cookouts, sitting by the pool or the beach. It ain't over, we got a little bit left. If you haven't taken some time to enjoy this weather, don't wait any longer. Get out there and enjoy it, just not on Sundays. Well, you can do Sundays, Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings, just not on Sunday mornings, please. <laughs> we got a good one for you today. We are in our new series called The Upside of Down. And last week we talked about victory through surrender. But first, let's get into the headlines you may have missed. A group of Muslims thwarted a terror attack planned against Christians in northern Kenya, saving nearly two dozen believers from death. According to the international Christian concern, the Islamic extremist group Al-Shabaab had planned to storm a construction site for a new hospital in Katulo, Kenya, and kill any Christian workers they found there. When some of the local Muslim population heard of the impending attack, they rushed to the area to tell the 20 Christians to evacuate. Ann White, whose ministry, Courage for Life, exists to serve at-risk and incarcerated women, says that many of the women she encounters have experienced some sort of trauma at the hands of males. Believing that God's Word is the ultimate source of hope and healing, Courage for Life has released the first-ever audio version of the New Testament voiced entirely by women. Less than a month after its release, the program is already being implemented in prison systems all over the country. Corny comedians will point out weird contradictions like, why do we drive in a parkway, but park in a driveway? They also say things like, if you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? In our Upside of Down series, we're finding these themes, these statements that sound like contradictions, but once you study them, they really start to make sense. Jesus said, the last shall be first. He also said, whoever tries to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses it will win it. He said things like, if someone slaps you, give him the other side of your cheek. Love your enemies. God tells Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness, which is the crux of what we'll be talking about today 
in today's sermon. Let's go to the altar at Vida Church for this week's sermon. Humanity lives in the upside down. Christ came not to turn things upside down, but to put things right side up. Amen. When Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God, he started healing people. Why? Because, because sickness is in the upside down. Sickness is the upside. Sickness, sickness is the opposite of the kingdom of God. And so wherever he went, he healed people. And then he taught people how to live the life of the kingdom. Humanity has grown accustomed to living in the upside down. Christ is coming to put everything right side up. It looks upside down to the world because they're so comfortable. They've so grown accustomed to calling wrong right. They're calling sin legal and they're just doing all these things that are really truly upside down. You and I are trying to expand the kingdom of God, establish the, the, the right world. Amen? The, up, the upright world. Now most of us We'll, we'll, we'll connect with other people, not based on our strength, but based on our weakness. That's why there are all sorts of groups, AA and, and all these other groups. People come together based on their weakness. And people, people relate to each other more on their weakness than their strength. But sometimes doing that without God keeps you in a weak place. Amen. So let's go to the Word, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 12. This is one of the most unusual sections of scripture. What little we know about heaven, uh, Jesus himself spoke. But we also know somebody else that went there. Most people don't talk about it, but Paul had a vision. It kind of jacked him up. It did something to him. Let's read. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether it was in body or out of body, I do not know. God knows. He was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things. Things that man is not permitted to tell. He saw things in heaven that he's not allowed to talk about down here. I will boast about a man like that. But I will not boast about myself. <laughs> or except about my weakness. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or do or do or say. So Paul is actually talking about himself. This is an experience that he had. And I think it's really interesting that, that, that he starts to speak himself and that experience uh, in the third person. I'll get into that in a second but he distanced himself from that revelation it's it's all a part of a defense that he had against the overall thing that was happening there were men in the time of Paul that were bragging about visions they were bragging about revelations that they had and they were using these revelations and these visions to to acquire positions of authority and power and Paul thought that that was grimy. Paul thought that that was, that was usurpery. He, he thought that they were using the visions God gave them to take power. They, they were using these visions to make themselves great. And Paul had a problem with that. So that's why Paul starts to talk about this man, which was him, that had this vision. Because Paul had another problem. 
Paul realized that what God was doing in his life was great. Paul struggled with pride. Paul had a, had a worry. He had a concern that because God showed him so much that he might think that he was better than somebody else. That because he was saved, he would look down his nose at someone who wasn't saved. So, so he talks about this experience in third person and he goes on to say, you know what? I don't want to boast about my strength because at the end of the day, my strength is still weakness compared to God. God is great. I'm little. I, I, I shouldn't be mentioned in the same sentence as God. He was learning how to submit. He was learning how to be humble even though God had shown him things that he'd never shown anybody else. Paul ends up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. I mean, the dude is bad. The dude is amazing. The dude gets to see things that none of us got to see or express. But, but there was something happening and he had to fight it. Pride was rising up in his life. He was starting to get puffed up. He was starting to think, yeah, I'm special. You know, you know those people that walk around because they, they have a title and they just talk to people like they are lesser than. You know, that's the danger of, of being up here every week. Look how high I stand. I'm so high. You know? All this stuff can really play in your head and you can start to think that you're better than. And that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big sin about pride. You know what? I got to see heaven. And let me talk about heaven for a minute. There's a guy, my first mentor, his name was uh, Jose Vargas. My first mentor died for 15 minutes and came back. And the first thing he told me was, listen, he said, Herson, in heaven, the eye is able to see the entire spectrum of colors. He says, he says, in heaven, the colors move. He said, he said, my eyes almost couldn't take everything was. The human eye is limited, but once we get glorified, our eyes are open and we can see colors that you couldn't imagine. Or a painter, imagine having a palette, have, imagine having uh, 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 so many colors that you, you'll never run out of them. That's what heaven was like. It was, an, it was, it was just too much for his eyes. It, it was an overload. And then he said, and, her, and then I heard music. And I heard music notes that are repeated across 10 octaves that the human ear can hear. Basically, it's about 120 notes that you and I can hear. He said, in heaven, there are more notes that you hear. The music's more alive, more complicated. There are things happening in music that he says, I'm not musical, but I could tell. There's no limit to the music in heaven. There are sounds and notes that we can't even fathom. He says, it was the most sublime thing I'd ever heard. And then he said, and then there was a connection. He said, I felt connected to everyone and everything. And I know that we were all connected by God himself. He said, the light was radiant, but it didn't come from one source. It wasn't like the sun. The light emanated everywhere because God was everywhere. He started talking about this, and it's no wonder Paul said, let me be careful how I talk about this thing, because, because if I start to tell everybody what I saw in heaven, people are going to start to make me a mini-God. He says, I don't want that. The first heaven we know is the sky that we see. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is outer space, all of that outer space. That's the second heaven. And then there's a the third heaven where the throne of God sits. That's called the heaven of heavens. While he's talking about these 
But while he's, he's expressing the inexpressible things he heard and talked to, he, he, he started to realize, wait a minute, I'm puffing up. And God saw him puffing up. God saw that he was growing. So something amazing happens. And, 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 and I, I, I've got to admit to you that even as I stand here to explain this to you, this is quite a mystery to me. What I'm going to share with you is a mystery to me. I don't have it down. I'm going to share what the Bible says. I'll give you an opinion about it, but it's a very great mystery to me. Paul struggles with this temptation, telling everybody about his grandiose vision. He chooses not to. He says, I know a guy that did. Right? He knew that, that he couldn't bring glory to God and himself at the same time. So he said something that was repeated over and over again. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, listen to what happens, a thorn in my flesh was given to me. It's not something he had before. It was something that was given to him, a thorn in his flesh. A messenger of who? A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I measure. Whoa. What a mystery. I was, I was having breakfast with one of the guys here at the church, and we talked about this. We kind of said, I wonder what that that thorn was what was this thorn what was that thing that kept him grounded what was that thing that kept him human what was it that God gave him what was this messenger from Satan that was in him around him and it came to the conclusion guys that I don't care I don't care what it was it's not important to me who was this messenger from Satan that buffeted him. Again, I don't, it's not important to me. What's important to me and what should be important to us this morning is that Paul's weakness had a purpose. God gave him a weakness and the weakness had a purpose. I wonder if today, look at the weaknesses that we have as serving some kind of purpose, not for the devil, although he sends it, but God has a greater purpose in your weakness. Oh, if I could start to see my weakness as having a purpose, that voice in weakness. Because if God has a purpose in my life and he wants to make me aware of a weakness so that he can exalt, I'm going to start to, because I want his purpose in my life, be grateful for the weakness. I know what we think, but that's why we're talking about the upside of down. Weakness is that God has given a purpose to me through my weakness. And what is it? That God's strength is made perfect through my weakness. This reminder of his humanity, his weakness, kept him dependent on God's grace. It kept him dependent. It made him realize that he was not above sin. He wasn't perfect. 
He'd have to wait to heaven to be perfect. On earth, he, like everybody else, would struggle. Mm -hmm. We are most dangerous to other people and dangerous to ourselves when we have the most powerful spiritual encounters. Boy, when you come out of church or prayer and you're prayed up and you, you think you're strong, guys, guess what? That's not where the... God's strength is not made perfect in your strength. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's why it's kind of dangerous to walk out of prayer saying, come on, devil, throw anything you want at me. And then, and then he does, and then you fall, and you go, what happened? I was doing so good. I was doing so good. We're against when we achieve our greatest victories, when we receive our greatest revelations. Boy, the time that I'm, I'm, I'm most susceptible to this is when I preach and everybody comes to the altar and I feel like I did my job. I go home feeling good about myself. Let me tell you something. There's a danger in thinking, you did so good. Oh, you did so good. And the enemy just swoops in. So, kind of vanity. And to shield you from any vanity of, of thinking you are greater than you think, God allows him to have a thorn in his flesh, a messenger, a reminder, a weakness. I'm talking to somebody who's, who's struggling with the weaknesses of their lives. You want to do better, but you feel like you can't. I'm telling you that you are right where you need to be to experience the greatness of God. I, I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. Some of us are born with it. Some of us have it because somebody did something to us. But there's a weakness, there's a brokenness in us. Our lives trying to avoid it, we're trying to deny it. It's not for everybody. But the truth is, there is a weakness. He, he didn't do it to you, but he's going to help you use it so that you can find his strength. You're going to find a strength in your weakness when you're at your lowest. When my brother died, I didn't know if I could carry on. I remember laying in a bed with my son and my daughter trying to console me. I was crying uncontrollably. I didn't think I'd ever be able to carry the pain of losing my little brother, my one little brother. I'm the seventh born, he's eight. We were close, loved him. I love him still. And I didn't think I had, but guess what guys? I found a strength in my weakness. Anybody ever, anybody know what I'm talking about? You went through something that you didn't think you could and you found out, oh my goodness, I'm stronger than I thought I was. That's not, that's not your human nature coming out. That's God's power coming out. Because you know that you couldn't handle it. You said it to yourself. Man, I'm not going to be able to do this. But something happened. You found strength where you didn't know you had strength. In the word, that's called God's strength. Weakness. And then all of a sudden, you're carrying burdens that you never thought you could. You're, you're carrying a weight that you thought would have crushed you. It's God's strength being made manifest in your life. You didn't make it. You didn't survive it on your own. It was God that carried you when you only saw one set of footprints in the sand. It was he that carried you and picked you up. Listen to what he says. Concerning this thing, I, I prayed, I fasted, I pleaded with God three times that, he might, that it might depart from me. Listen to that. He cried out from me. I can't handle this. I want to serve you. I 
don't want to serve you with this brokenness. I don't want to serve you with this thing that's being made manifest in my life. I just want to, can you just get rid of it so that I can serve you without feeling guilty, without feeling bad? Anybody ever been there? Lord, I, I could be such a Christian if I didn't have that weakness. I don't want to serve you with this brokenness. I don't want to serve you with this thing that's being made manifest in my life. I just want to, can you just get rid of it so that I can serve you without feeling guilty, without feeling bad? Anybody ever been there? Lord, I, I could be such a Christian if I didn't have that weakness. But there is no weakness that God cannot show his power through, whatever it is. Paul said, Lord, take it away. I'm your servant. I'm your son. I don't want to struggle like this. Take this thing away from me. Then he says, but it would not go away. Who am I talking to? Asking God to take something from you, and it just doesn't go. And you prayed, and it doesn't go. And you're fasting, and it doesn't go. You're giving offerings, and it doesn't go. When God finally answered him, he said, my grace. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. This should give somebody hope this morning. Somebody that's been struggling, somebody that's been crying. Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away now. Come on. You need to realize. You don't embrace it, but you boast about it. You never make it yours. You never own it. I don't want it. But since I have it, let me tell you what God is doing through it. Let me, let me testify about my sickness and how God has given me strength to do things that I never thought I could, even though I'm weak, even though I'm broken. Uh, this is and this encouraged Paul, man, knowing that his weakness had a purpose and that God's grace was, was his sufficiency, Paul began to embrace his weakness so that only God could be glorified. Good, when you're the star pitcher, star of your house, and you make all that money, and you become the star, and you begin to exalt yourself, and people start to lift you up, but, but, but the moment they see you, a weakness in you, they begin to tear you down. No, 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 no. Don't lead with your strength, lead with your weakness. Lead with your weakness, because that's where the strength of God is. You, you see all this stuff I accomplished? I did it while I was struggling with depression. You see, you see all this stuff? You see how my family is? I cheated on my wife when I was first married. See, lead with your, lead with your weakness, because when they, sit, when they look at your accomplishments, they'll want to give you credit for it. But when they look at you, you go, no, not me. I'm broken. It was God. It wasn't me. It was God. I couldn't do it. God's changed me. God's transformed me. But don't look at me as if I have some, no, 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 no. I'm weak. There's a brokenness in me. Paul said, oh my goodness. Listen to this. Listen to this. So Paul explodes with enthusiasm. Okay, your strength is made perfect in my weakness and there's this thing in my life that I want to get rid of but you said that your, your grace is sufficient okay I get it then he says therefore most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me then he draws a powerful conclusion this is powerful this is 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's the upside of being down. Thank you so much for listening. I am aware that this episode was a little bit riddled with some audio coming in and out. It wasn't your ears. It was the audio. Apologize for that. As a matter of fact, there were 15 more minutes in the sermon uh, that I wish I could share with you, but I'm going to give you my three points. Uh, how to discover strength through weakness, because this sermon is not complete without those three points. You know, good old-fashioned preaching, need at least three points. <laughs> so first one, we discover strength through weakness when we are humble enough to admit our weaknesses. And how can we admit our weaknesses and seek God's strength when our situation seems to require all of our time and all of our energy? I think we start to find some of the answer in Colossians chapter 3, somewhere around verse 16. It talks about how we should admonish one another in all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. And, and, and I think that the secret sauce there is that we, we admonish one another, we share with one another, we become humble enough to share our weakness with someone, first with God, then Share it with someone who can help you, to encourage you. Some of us think that the only way people will believe in us and follow us is if we're always showing strength. The truth is, people can relate to us a little more when we show our humility and admit our weaknesses. God gets involved when that happens, and you become stronger than you could on your own strength. My second point is we discover strength through weakness when we are grateful enough to focus on the Father's grace. Loving God because of what He has done for us is the only adequate motivation for serving Him. Not guilt, not religion, not fear, not duty. While all of these things can work for a short time, nothing can motivate the human heart through the good times and the bad times, like gratitude, knowing, thanking Him for loving us, for forgiving us, for making a way for us to, to be in, in relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. And finally, we discover strength through weakness when we are determined enough to rejoice in spite of our weakness. See, when we rejoice in our circumstances and we don't allow for our hearts to get discouraged, the strength of God is released in our lives and things begin to change. Armed with humility, gratitude, and determination, there is no mountain you can't climb, no river you can't cross, no giant you can't slay, and no challenge you can't overcome. You have strength, and it all begins in your weakness. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Person Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.